0: Good morning. morning. Now I am on. Well, we'll see after a while whether I'm on or not, right? (laughs) Sorry. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your presence. More than anything, our desire is to honor you, to glorify you, to walk in the partnership that you have for us. And we thank you for the privilege that we have of gathering this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to change sermon from what I preached earlier. No. <laughs> Sorry, after all that lead up, I had to. If you're visiting, you have to excuse me. I struggle being serious. It's just not in my makeup normally, uh, but sometimes I can. Uh, we've been talking about a biblical view of healing. We started out this year with a focus on being a kingdom of ministers. All of us ministering, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, that's what we've been about, Uh, and not just any ministry, but supernatural ministry, being a supernatural church, which includes healing, deliverance, all the stuff that Jesus did, Uh, and as a result, we've been talking about ingredients for the supernatural. The first one was the presence of God. He's supernatural, we're not. No matter what he does through us, we never become supernatural, he still is. And so this is not metaphysics where we have some sort of mind power that can change things. This is us partnering with him and seeing his uh, power released through us. The second ingredient was faith. Simply believing him. Believe what he says and who he is. The third ingredient last week was relationship. Hearing him, walking in step with his spirit, which is the key to unlocking authority and power and then being released through us. And so we're talking about that last week. And this week we're going to talk about obedience, the fourth ingredient. And then hopefully by next week, we're going to put all this last eight or 10 weeks together into a model of ministry. What does this look like then as God is released through us? But uh, last week we read Luke chapter 9, verse 1. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6. So they departed and they went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So obviously we saw Jesus gave authority, his authority, and and God's power to his disciples to fulfill his purpose and plan. The extension of his kingdom to every nation and people. And I said last week that in this age, from Jesus' resurrection and ascension until his return in this time frame, his kingdom is advanced through disciples, which is us, empowered by his spirit. In that time frame, he said, "This is why. This is how it's done. That's why he gave authority and power." So the bottom line is that when he tells us what to do, whether it's a prophetic word or a uh, leading of the Spirit, it's an invitation to partner with him. Johann said that prophecy is an invitation. To partner with God. God's not just saying, this is going to happen. He's saying, this is what I want to see happen. Will you agree with me and partner with me? See, sometimes we just think, oh, it's just going to happen. But in this age, God's waiting for partnership. Now, I won't get into it, but if you haven't been here with us through, through this whole thing, the end goal is a bride for Christ. He made man for relationship and rulership. And that was lost. He's restored it in Christ with the goal that he's going to raise up a a bride for Christ, which is why we need both of those things. I'm not going to get sidetracked. So when he shows someone a word of knowledge about a problem he wants to heal, he's inviting us to partner with him. To speak that out so that his power is released. Why, would, why else would he give us a word of knowledge? Why didn't he just do it on his own? You ever wondered about that? Or am I the only one? Okay, you guys are much quicker. I'm not very quick. No, I'm kidding. He's inviting us to partner with him. Now this presupposes a simple but incredibly profound truth. This is it, this is right here, right now. You're gonna get that, the whole thing. And that is this, when he speaks, we obey. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> is that it Russ? When he speaks, we obey. Pretty simple. 1 Peter 1, 1.2 says, uh, elect according to the foreknowledge of God and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience. Let's cut through all that. Elect means called. Called for obedience. Called that you might obey. James one twenty two, Be doers of the word and not hearers Only. Deceiving yourselves. John fourteen twenty three. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. In other words, he'll do what I say. So the profound truth, when he speaks, we obey. What that means is this. Because he's given in this frame his power and authority to his disciples, which is us. When we agree with God and declare the things he says, or do the things he directs, in other words, when we move in authority that comes from relationship, the very power of God is released to accomplish his will. Yeah, I'll say that again. When we agree with God and declare the things that he says or do the things he directs, in other words, when we move in his authority that comes from relationship, the very power of God is released to accomplish his will. He speaks. We obey. The very power of God is released. So simple. Why is it so hard? <laughs> you would think that'd be easy. Why is it so hard? Why does when the Holy Spirit say, I'd like you to pray for that person, we go through all these spiritual gymnastics of why we can't and why we shouldn't? And why is it so hard? I want to tell you why it's so hard. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because there's an opposition. there's an opposition, there's a scheme and devices of the the devil, the kingdoms are are in conflict, there is an opposition to us obeying God. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan take advantage of us for we're not ignorant of his devices. It's amazing how often we are ignorant of his devices. How often he's doing something and we're just totally blind to it. Ephesians 6.11 talks about that you might be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Why does he do this? I want you to understand this. When we obey God, when we do what he says, uh, say what he says or do what he directs, there is absolutely nothing the devil can do about it. When we partner with God for what he wants, the very authority and power of heaven is released. And the devil can't do anything. So his only option is to get us to not obey. He knows once we come in agreement and obey God and the power of God is released, there's nothing he can do. So he says, I've got to behind the scenes stop them somehow. From this partnership. So he's devious. He's a deceiver, but he's not dumb. He's aware of the plan of God that in this age, from Jesus' resurrection and ascension to his coming, that the kingdom is only advanced by disciples empowered by the Spirit. He can't stop the Spirit of God, but he can stop us. That's his only option. So he does it through some schemes, strategies, plans, wiles, devices. All those words mean virtually the same thing that we're not gonna be ignorant of after this morning. I wanna give you three, I think there's probably more but uh, I just wanna identify some to you. The first one is that we have a wrong identity. A wrong identity. Basically, we get focused on us, and we get this feeling that we have to do this on our own. But I don't have enough power. I'm not holy enough. I know that I'm weak. I can't do this. God's calling me to do something, and I just don't have the ability. And our identity is in the wrong place rather than who we are in Christ. It's not our power. It's his It's not our authority, it's his. It's not our righteousness, it's his. If you haven't got it, there's a reason why everything we do in this church is focused on Jesus. He's the head of the church. The second scheme or plan of the devil is fear. Fear of failure. What if I don't do very well? What if I disappoint someone? Fear of man, fear of what others think. They might not think I'm normal. Understand that Satan's the ruler of this world. The whole world lies under the influence of the evil one. One, uh, one John five nineteen says. So the values of this world, normal in the world, is totally contrary to the kingdom. And if you want to be normal, then you're not going to be part of the kingdom. It's lie. Fear the future. What if I lose my job? What if it has a negative consequence? But the third scheme, and I think the main one, I'll tell you why as we go along, is passivity. Because I think the others are opened by that one. Passivity. Getting us to be hearers and not doers. Let's just get, get them to hear and never do anything. Because the authority and the power of heaven isn't released because we hear It's because we hear and obey. Mm. So let's just get them to hear. Hey, it's okay. You can hear all kinds of stuff as long as you don't ever do anything. The devil's not intimidated by what you hear. How do I know passivity is one of the main ones? Because I see how much the devil has put into Affecting us all with that. There's a passivity of religious tradition. Satan's the father of religion. John 8.44 says, you're of your father the devil. Religion is a counterfeit. But religious tradition, basically, God does whatever he wants. He doesn't need me. Isn't he God? Heard of the uh, head of a denomination in America who I won't tell you which denomination to protect those who are innocent in that denomination. But the uh, leader of the denomination was asked about missions to a certain nation and his response was, if God wants to save the heathen in that nation, he'll do it himself. He didn't need us. Now we can say, oh, how terrible. But the problem is, how often do we say, if God wants to heal, he can just do it? He didn't need me. Got very quiet. I had a friend, an older guy who passed away a few years ago. He used to, he was from Texas. Talks very southern. he used to say that there's in preaching, there's a point where you go from preaching to meddling. They call it meddling. You go from preaching to meddling. That's when you start stepping on people's toes. (laughs) You know that happens because when you step on people's toes, they usually yell, but when you start meddling, they get really quiet. (laughs) We get passive, and we don't recognize. Or we say, God uses professionals. Not me. Religious tradition. We need professionals. Bring in the professional person. Someone gets saved and want to get baptized. I gotta go find a pastor or a priest rather than just baptizing them yourself because you're a disciple. We're not professionals. I'm not a professional. We're a kingdom of priests. It's the lie of the devil. But it's not just the religious tradition. It's also the passivity of cultural philosophy. Understanding the world lies under the influence of the evil one. So the values of our culture and the things we say are not kingdom often. They're devilish. They're trying to get us into a place of passivity. And so things like what a friend of mine calls the Doris Day philosophy. Okay, sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. We just... Come, come dance with me, Mary. No. <laughs> We're not dancing. I'm not singing. But there's something of passivity... Rather than recognizing God's called us to partner with Him, we just say, oh, well, whatever's happened, whatever happens, happens. Whatever will be, will be. Or that famous Aussie one. Silver ride, Ride, mate. (laughs) What is that? Now, see, understand that we have an authority, and when we repeat those things, we're giving them authority in our lives. We're agreeing with them when we believe that and it's a ploy of the enemy to bring passivity so that we're not moving in this partnership so how do we overcome the devil's schemes one we have to take authority over passivity gotta quit being passive about being passive and then two once we've done that we can recognize that we have an authority. There's something about declaring the truth. There's something, as Lance taught us a few weeks back, about speaking out some things. So I'm gonna ask you to stand, if you would, if you can. And we're gonna do some renouncing of passivity. Why, because it's as we declare. Now, if you don't have a problem with passivity, then you have no problem doing this. If you find it difficult to speak out that you renounce passivity, it might be that it has a greater hold in your life than you realize. Or it might be that you've been ignorant of how to get free. Sometimes we think I just have to work harder if I just do more. But sometimes it's simply a matter of taking authority in Jesus' name over something and renouncing it. So I'm going to ask you, if you can, to just repeat some of these things, to clear them out. First, we're going to renounce passivity, and then we're going to deal with fear and identity. And so I'm going to ask you, if you can, just to, after me, Speak these things out. In the name of Jesus, the risen King. In the name of Jesus, the risen King. I repent of and renounce passivity in my life now. repent of and renounce passivity in my life now. I accept and receive the authority of King Jesus. I accept and receive the authority of King Jesus. I accept his invitation to partner with him. In his, mission to further his kingdom. in his mission to further His kingdom. Very simple. We're going to deal with fear. Now in the name of Jesus and for His glory, for his glory I, take I take authority over fear in my life. I renounce fear of failure. I renounce fear of man. I renounce fear of man. I renounce fear of the future. I renounce fear of the And I close the door to every fear that comes from the enemy. And now identity. I declare that my identity is in Jesus Christ. I declare that my identity is in Jesus Christ. And no matter what He does and how He uses me in this partnership. And no matter what he does and how he uses me in this partnership, I will always give him the glory and honor. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I believe that there's something on God's heart of looking for individuals and a church together that will not only honor Jesus, but will partner with him to see his purposes fulfilled. Not just what I get, but how do we partner with him for his purposes. As we're dismissed, if you would like someone to pray with you, there'll be some people here in the front who'd love to join with you in team and praying. Let me encourage you. Let's go with a heart to obey. With the authority and the power of God released as we simply obey the leading of the Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, we stand uh, amazed and humbled that you would actually choose us to partner with you. And we simply say, Yes, yes, Lord. Yes. All that you say, all that you direct will be that people that says yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can leave if you want to, but you don't have to. (laughs)